We're on a mission to explore how emerging technologies, media, robotics, and data and behavioral science will solve humanity's most pressing challenges. From education, mobility, energy, food and water supplies, the environment, employment, all the way to disease and basic human rights. Nothing is off limits. This episode is brought to you by Beverage Universe. They have every flavor to help you stay young, beautiful, and thirsty. Go to beverageuniverse.com for your next flavor experience. Today we have Dan Garraway from Wirewax who's going to talk to us about how computer vision and artificial intelligence is going to change the landscape of video creation and video content in general and how we consume it. Mm-hmm. Welcome. Are. Thank you. So tell me, how did you get started in this field? Uh, well, we came from uh, a combination of backgrounds, Steve and myself, the co-founders. So uh, production, TV production generally, uh, we were actually making a lot of TV content at the time of uh, quite a lot of, I'd say, transients of, uh, of movement towards digital, but not really getting there. Um, and so fairly early on in the time that I met Steve, where we were doing a lot of TV production, we started specializing in online content, which was a lot shorter form. And uh, honestly, you could turn it around much quicker. It wouldn't be six, to two, six months to two years to make a TV show. It'd be you know, knock something out in two weeks and get paid on the third week. So that kind of mentality led to uh, a much more effective business. And that's where we started seeing the opportunities for taking what was a fairly dumb asset video um, in what is a very connected field, the internet, and um, saying, why are these two not more connected? Why, why is a video the most digital and perhaps most arguably the most powerful asset of our time sitting in a very digitally connected environment and yet the computer's got no idea what it's displaying it's just displaying pixels so you know that that ultimately was the challenge we were trying to tackle with the technology so tell me how how did you guys come up with um the interactivity of uh the content content itself um what were some of the uh, obstacles that you envisioned um, going forward into the future? Well, um, you know, I say this as a, you know, coming from the creative background, but creatives are um, interested in creating. They're not actually interested in technology. The technology is to, uh, it's just an implementation of uh, a, a way of getting to the creative. And I think that's the same for any, every, everybody in that industry. So when we started creating this technology, we're aware that it couldn't just be... Um, making it uh you know uh, the outcome wasn't just what it was about it's about the method of how you make interactive experiences in the first place so to make that interesting and exciting and just as creative as the production um you needed to use computer vision machine learning to understand the video that was where we principally started so the the first hires we ever made in the company were actually computer vision um and we set about even before it's really popularized as a concept computer vision still um, nascent perhaps, but it's much more well known now than it was when we started. It it was it was obvious that we needed to to use the technologies of the web and um, broadly speaking the technologies of computer vision and machine learning to um, accelerate the creation process for interactivity. Um, and to be honest with you, if you look back at the history of interactive video, that's always been a problem because interactive video has always proven successful 
every single time it's ever been used since the red button in the UK they had that in the US there's been various implementations of very basic interactive technologies but the, the problem is they're so labor intensive to create and that stifles the creative process so that has to change and that's where we we started and and, and viewers and and the content creators are now both at the same place and this is a very exciting time for interactive if I'm honest um, Netflix really legitimized the market at the start of the year as well by investing in interactivity so it's a really exciting moment where people are uh, at the at the same place at the same time so talk to me a bit about how do content agencies how do they create content currently in terms of TV content or are you talking about like branded content generally branded and TV well I mean the creation process and I think this is part of the problem hasn't really changed um, you, you, you've seen even very, uh, on the face of it, very advanced companies in, in the movie and me media industry using very antiquated processes to create content. Um, so, you know, that's meant that when you're making a TV or, or a movie, you're still um, logging with manual labor, uh, what's happening inside the video content. Uh, you're still um, using very basic implementations of technology like Excel spreadsheets to see to, to work out what the content is and when it's happening and 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 even just down to sending content around you're sending it around on hard drives which is only a really a marginal improvement above tape uh, which is how people used to send it around um, the industry is really getting to realize that these antiquated methods are not just slowing down the production which is a hassle um, but they're limiting the creativity again um, and uh, there's a really interesting white paper anyone could look up, uh, Movie Labs uh, white paper, which is all about um, how the, the movie industry is needing to look forward to the year 2030 as a vision. Um, and it's all around this topic, and this is exactly where we've been living for, for years now, is that the video production industry, the TV production movie industry, has been antiquated for a very long time, and that's been workable but now in an era where everyone is needing to pump out content all day long every day and if you're not a brand and you're a tv or movie maker you've got to get these tv shows out in the market much more quickly because you've got to get them on an ott which is launching so often we see an ott launching every week at the moment um, whether it be a, a plus or a, or a max or or any other sort of label that's added on to the end of a brand name these days there is a an OTT for everything. And so when you've got that thirst of content, those antiquated manual methods to create content just don't work. Exactly. I, and I feel your pain because I am familiar with those antiquated methods. <laughs> um, so so tell, talk to me a bit, a, a bit about computer vision and machine learning. How, how does that um, get applied to content creation and content production? Well, uh, it, it, it really starts, I'd say, um, it's almost like pre-processing to uh, the post-production. So once, um, once well, I, I use post-production slightly differently when I'm talking about it because when I'm talking about it, I'm thinking about the, the, the process of video creation that probably starts after the edit uh, or at least the first edit. So you upload video content or you transfer it into our system and that's where a bunch of, about 10 to 12 processes will be applied to it to understand where scenes are, first of all, you know, kind of an edit decision list, 
to then understand what the people and objects are in that uh, in that video and where they are right down to like mine your face and where it is in the frame um, right down to scene analysis and even context of what's happening in that scene so all of that creates a kind of a bucket of metadata which has been automatically created not by humans which has been the, 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 the way of doing it in the past and once those processes are complete it can be uh, used to make a, a very fast interactive experience so you could potentially for example I've been working with some news organizations recently and every time a politician appears, for example, you can automatically make bio and profiles come up, their voting record, for example, just coming up in, the, in, in, in frame at the same time. That doesn't need a person. Um, it, you know, all those sorts of things can, can be applied to the everyday and, and add to the creative outcomes. So in, in essence, you can create a very personal experience based on the audience information that you have uh, on audience the and content information yeah i mean it, it goes both sides because the minute you're using interactivity you're obviously being able to touch and click what's happening in the video you can then use that data in itself to educate a better process so whether that be in 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 sort of retargeting afterwards for a shoppable use case things they were interested in in the video for example uh, and if anybody doesn't know wirex you know you can see some examples on the website on wirex.com and you can see how you can literally touch items or interests inside the video and it then comes up with further information in vision you don't have to go to other websites this is all about inside the creative experience you can see additional layers i kind of think about our uh, technology offering as uh, a creative tool set as Photoshop for interactive video if you're familiar with any sort of Adobe like products like that and the the viewer I, I kind of consider it as them having kind of like do you remember Minority Report like back in the day mm -hmm. that sort of movie where you're interacting with the information in visual sense that's exactly how we how we see the viewer experiences when they want to they they can explore context and content um, when, uh, where it's interesting to them. That data point can then be additionally used by them. I, I would like to explore this further, please, and send some information to my email address or anything like that, very basically. Or more, more sort of on the creator-owner side, you can then use that information to make a better experience afterwards. And then on the content creator side, you could, and we see a lot more of this now, people are making TV shows interactive, you can see what people actually interact with in the TV show to make a better TV show in the first place. Um, and this has been in a really interesting trend. Netflix have um, been doing interactive as well in the last uh, year, as I say, and they've been learning about what people do inside those interactive experiences to then generate a better experience for the next episode. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially for advertisers, I feel like, um, you know, for for right now the way things work is that video is just this black box mm -hmm. and you have no idea what's going on with the with the audience what they're actually uh, paying more attention to less attention to yeah. uh, what to add more of where to place advertising messages yep. and so forth so you're kind of opening up the black box and you're providing a lot more data on the behavioral analytics of how advertisers could potentially use this type of technology yeah absolutely and and like I think this is why smaller, more nimble agencies and content and production is going in house as well, is because people want that data and they want to own it. Um, the days of making a hit TV commercial um, that you know 
wins the praises of the of the of the can lion and, and gets the accolades of the industry but um and somehow translates by osmosis into outcomes for the business i think those are those are those those are still going to happen because the, the advertising advertising industry exists but it it will happen less and i think that the stuff that's going to be moving the business outcomes forward and i think this is the thing i always stress the it, 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 the things that moves the business outcomes forward are going to be data points that you can learn from and that's the really the ongoing continual success of a business um i say and i keep stressing this business outcomes because i'm quite frankly tired of the industry and the brands industry as well you know referring to success as the kpi of like how many eyeballs they got to the content I'm not alone in that, by the way. Um, uh, uh, many people uh, have have got tired of that. Eyeballs does not mean a thing. On average, mm-hmm. Americans see 5,000 to 10,000 advertising messages a day. You're completely pointless in that message unless you have some tie back to your business outcome. So business outcomes means interactivity. It means data points to understand the audience that they've imparted, by the way, zero party data. Um, and it means you know using that decisions uh, that data and, and that experience to delight the customer to delight the viewer um and uh, and to make a better more useful co- uh, journey for them in in the relationship with you as a brand um that means you know more standardized metrics like engagement you could ask everyone in this room everybody have a different understanding of what engagement means um that's a problem um, and you know these sorts of elements have never been tackled because the entire media industry and the advertising media industry I mean now uh, has been driven by the uh, the cost for impressions you know that's that's the that's the currency CPM and uh, it doesn't bear any relationship to to the outcome for the business so in in essence I think the uh, computer vision and AI technology apply to the actual experience of viewership um, what it's the way that I'm seeing it is that it's taking what used to be, for lack of a better word, a billboard on the highway mm. and creating a personalized approach with targeted, segmented, different uh, audience segmentation piece of content that then you can kind of cater. And I'm sure eventually, you know, you'll be able to not just offer um, interactive experiences, but you could also offer very personalized experiences based on what is the psychographic profile of that particular viewer at a time of what type of data points and information you have about them. And what, you know, if you think that they'll prefer a red shirt over a yellow shirt in the actor's scene. Yeah. Uh, all of those are true, and and I think that uh, a large again problem with the industry is all we've done with video is take it from the corner of the room where it used to be a uh, a CRT display with a very big back to it, which used to have to stand out from the side of the wall, through to a smaller screen that's thinner and is in your hand, generally speaking. Um, that aside from color has been all that's happened with video, zero other than that. Okay, I've heard some people say, yeah, we've had HD. Great, HD, better, better quality. But again, we're not fundamentally using technology to improve the most powerful medium of our time. It's completely ridiculous. And so that has been the case for a long time. It is changing now, and there's a real need for it to change because of the things we're talking about, OTT launching so much more of these content distribution outlets 
the marketing industry needing to use video as a much more always-on concept. But it's a struggle, but it needs to happen because the outcomes will be better, more effective content for everyone, and that's more interesting. You know, I don't want to watch four or five commercials before I watch the one I want to watch the TV show that I want to watch. And that needs to happen at the moment because people were lazy, didn't actually innovate in advertising and video. They are now, so we, don't, we need to encourage these these continual growth points. But it's uh, it's it, innovation in video has been surprisingly lacking. Hold that thought. Let's take a quick break and thank our sponsors. The production of the Amplified podcast has been brought to you by Social Fix Media. Social Fix is a transformational growth hacker agency focused on emerging technology platforms, video and podcast production, content marketing, and overall startup strategy. Social Fix has helped over 300 clients generate millions of dollars in revenue, fundraising, and profit. If you'd like help launching or growing your business, visit socialfix.com. Walk me through this. Tomorrow, I, I wake up tomorrow and it's 10 years later. What is my experience with video uh, viewership? I think uh, one of the, the, the answers to this is not the answer probably you want to hear, but it's, it's it shouldn't be necessarily coming from me alone one of the downsides of a lacking of of innovation is that and i referred to this um a a bit a few times is like we're a kind of marriage counselor that's the way we see wirewax between creatives and technologists and um really i'm although i've been a creative in the past that's my sort of history i'm leaning more on the technologist side now and i don't think the answer to that question can come from technologists alone i think the exciting thing about Charlie Brooker and Black Mirror on Netflix is that I don't think that that TV show is the be all and end all of interactivity by the way it's got you know just the start but it's not being explored and it is starting to with things like those movements so the answer to that is probably just as diverse as virtually any answer that we're going to you know talk about with any of the subjects you're covering it's it, it should be as creative as the creative industry the answer to that i should be able to use every piece of technology um coming back to my photoshop of, of interactive video concept with wirex i should be able to use any vi- interactive technology any piece of technology to make a better story be told and so would that be me using voice to interact with the video over touching or clicking yes probably would that be uh, emotional analysis, analysis with my consent to um, be, be part of the experience. Um, would it be using computer vision to perhaps incorporate me into the into the sh- into the show in some ways? Quite possibly. Um, all of these elements could contribute. We talked about five G as well. I mean, that's another area where low latency and edge computing will allow us to iterate with wide wide ranges of metrics on the fly about what's happening in the interactive experience. So, for example, you could um, even change the, uh, the the way the TV show is going based on the interactions happening in different places in the in the country or the or even the world. Like these are all very varied um, uh, parts to how we tackle um, or how we might wake up in ten years' time. But um, only now, really, are we starting to to explore them because creative and technologists have have come to the same place at the same time. So give me some examples on that. 
like well, like real life examples where um, maybe some of the challenges that we're facing today, or the way that we're used to things being, how 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 is that going to be impacted? Well, uh, I would start with something very simple: um, TV news. Um, a lot of very antiquated technologies that cost a lot of money um, burn in infographics into TV content. Um, those infographics, like we're probably using here today, you know, we we'll, we'll have a you know a link to our uh, we'll have a, a burnt in title of our names and perhaps our companies. I can't explore that without going on to Google and like typing that in, which is a very manual and boring process, and no nobody will probably do it. The if that infographics is, is in, in, interactive, I can touch and explore and find out information and it connects to another piece of the web. Then I've got video being the equivalent of what a document was with the href link. I've started to explore and connect the asset and what's more to the point where it's in the asset to the rest of the web, which is useful uh, for both parties, the, the viewer and useful for the, for the content creator because it gets a more valuable outcome for everyone. So you'd be able to uh, watch the presidential debates, and I guess when a candidate mentions a particular fact, you can have a pop-up that will display the fact. You can look more into that, or yeah. And and as I, as I say, it could be very diverse how that plays out. Um, the storytelling and narrative elements of this are probably the most interesting explorations because you you, you can start to to see that. When creators are not thinking in the two-dimensional, perhaps broadcast side of the of the business, which is, I've got this, you know, story and I'm going to broadcast it to you. What if the it turns into a two-way conversation? What if that viewer is part of the creative process? I mean, you've seen you've seen you've seen this happen already. It's not it's not it's not completely new. I mean, everyone's tried these sorts of things, but the difference is now making it scalable. Uh, 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 which is what we're about as a technology company. So, for example, you know, the, um, uh, there's been, you know, very successful sort of Stargate or something like that, um, an MGM property, uh, which have been very successful outside of their commissioned uh, seasons on TV and movies to um, connect with their audiences. And they've actually reacted to their loyal audiences. Um, that's because Stargate is a viable uh, show outside of and it has a very loyal fan base but there's no reason to say that you know you can iterate with your audience and make uh, make TV shows that uh, are narratively changing according to the audience's involvement uh, and interactions um, when when you start to have the technologies which speed the process up versus slow it down we covered a bit about the uh, utopian view of how fantastic things could be what what would be some of the negative effects of this type of technology? Uh, well, I think it's the same probably concerns with uh, with many new technologies. We're always slightly uh, afraid of them, I think, because um, generally it wields power uh, in a fewer, fewer places. And so um, I'm a I'm, a, I'm an advocate for the general movements of the industry for the last few years to be more open and transparent about privacy, for example. One of the elements of that is, of course, computer vision can understand what's going on. Then facial recognition and other things come into that as well. You know, I, I, I think being as open and transparent as possible um, 
is is critical to 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 doing this in a way which encourages people to participate and feel safe with these new ideas and creative approaches um but you know i i get very uh to be honest bored in these sort of discussions with like how do you know everything's going to collapse on us and the world's going to be occupied by machines it's not it's not that because we're the people making this sort of stuff and this is the excitement of it is that we can participate in this and we have more ownership over that future than we would without it so i think that um the principle for me is you offer viewers something they value and they'll give you something back so if that is the principle behind every sort of data point exchange um, I think uh, I think that's a good thing, and that's where creative plays plays a really important part. If you're giving me a video, great. You know, twenty eight thousand other businesses are going to give me ten ten videos a day on on, on Instagram and every other social network. It doesn't mean anything to me. If your message is slightly more impactful because that director was slightly more awake on that day, great. But if you're starting to think as a business, how does this video strategically play into my business outcomes, and the interactivity extends into that. Um, then how uh, that's that's where you start to like, translate creative into business outcomes, and that's where it gets exciting for all parties because they can they can see that the interactions they're doing actually generate a better experience, whether that be a personalised itinerary on a travel video, for example. So I now could go and take that and explore where when I'm going to where I'm going to go on my holiday or or anything like that. So you know it's 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 offering something to the viewer. Uh, can then uh, can then make the data exchange more equitable. Equitable, I think. Ultimately, uh, the emerging media technology, so Instagram, Facebook, uh, Snapchat, they're I suppose you can say kind of leaning in that direction because they're um, you know they have a meteoric rise to the story functionality. So uh, you know people obviously want that feature in the content that they're consuming um, by seeing real time what the creator is doing, what they're tagging, what they're linking to, and they're getting a better experience. They can react to things, they can communicate with the other uh, audience members and so forth. So this is obviously uh, something that cannot be ignored by the Hollywood industry as well as any of the streaming uh, services right now. So how long do you think it will be before um, we start seeing that type of uh, technology rolling out? Well, I mean, it's already happening. Uh, I mean, there's Quibi launching next year, for example. Uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg and uh, Meg Whitman launching that. Uh, and I think there's some exciting aspects of that. I've seen some of the early versions of, of how that's coming together. And uh, I think it's about time, honestly, that, that, that Hollywood was starting to tackle these sorts of different storytelling pieces. I don't think it's exclusive, by the way. I don't think that, though, just because we've got stories on instagram and, and and other elements that are a bit more short form vertical formats doesn't mean that that's the only format now it's again diversity is like we we there's still going to be a place for a, a movie uh, a sit down watch feature film where you perhaps don't even want to interact there's always going to be a place for tv episodes that uh, have uh, have a more linear uh, look and feel to them i think um i think there's there, there's a there's a there's a thirst for viewers to be uh, as creatively engaged and I think that's why to be honest with you when any product is launching like TikTok for example which has obviously got a little bit more notoriety recently when any of those things are launching in video and challenging the industry a bit people get behind them and are very excited about them honestly we don't yet know how TikTok is going to translate into business outcomes but 
um, early adopters are uh, probably doing it more for the marketing prowess of, of being involved than anything else. But um, I think as an industry and as, a, as viewers, we get excited about it because it's innovation in the medium, something that we have just completely lacked. And so video from the Hollywood side of it with Quibi and others, I'm not going to discount that there's, uh, there's some very exciting stuff happening underneath and beneath the scenes at the moment with some other very large media companies. Um, it, it's, 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 a good, it's a good next five to ten years of content. Ex I I interesting times, I think, with technology weaved in amongst it. Um, and, uh, and, and I think we'll all be the better for it. Good point. Hopefully. <laughs> I always say uh, marketers ruin everything, so <laughs> I'm sure we'll figure out a way to take advantage. <laughs> it's, it's possible, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, it's because I think, though, I come back to that point I was making earlier, that I don't think marketers can be to blame for the fact that their promotions, their livelihood are all related to fairly abstracted KPIs from real business outcomes. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's, uh, and that's also the downfall, in my opinion, of a large part of uh, the very large media and advertising companies of the world is like, well, what, um, what the industry is being preoccupied with for way too long um, is eyeballs and, and, and how to get as many eyeballs to content as possible. Um, it then moved on a little bit to social shares. How many people can you get to share your content? Everyone got a little bit obsessed with that. Um, but none of these things really indicate like where your relationship is with your viewer, where your relationship is with your customer, and uh, leads to, I think, quite a lot of self-indulgence. In my view, there is no place for self-indulgence in marketing videos and communications. Like if um, we used to face this a lot early on in our business we used to walk into meetings with very well-known uh, companies and um, they'd be like oh these interactive elements yeah they're in the vision they're in the visual and it's like well you we can switch them off but yes they are like by default and that's because you're educating your audience you know that th th they can interact with something and that's part of that um, and they're like oh, we just don't want anything in the in the video we just want to sort of make like a really nice beautiful video it's like, well, you can make these interactive elements beautiful as well. That's part of the creative process. But that was all coming from this mentality of like, I want a really nice piece I can put on my showreel. Whereas that's what that motivation was. I'm interested in how can I make something that I'll, I'll put on Vimeo or, or, or uh, probably not on YouTube, but uh, make, make, make to the market and everyone will say, oh, you've made a, such a beautiful film. Well, a beautiful film has its place but that place for me is more often than not in the narrative area and the consumer area of like storytelling and uh you know not as a brand necessarily if it starts in that place certainly not it's got to be like not how do we make a really beautiful video it's got to be what are we trying to do with video step one like that one, video is now going to create a more tangible relationship with our viewer and our customer. Okay, well then we've got nothing in the conversation past this point about a beautiful video. That, that's, that's given, right? We're not going to go and make a shit video. We want to make something that looks nice. But step two then is, if that's our intended outcome, a better, more a tangible relationship with our customer, then what are we doing in that video which relates back to those uh, that, 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 that mission? Are we... Uh, 
we're going to just get what we need from views a views counter no are we going to get like a a percentage of you know completion well i mean possibly but interaction is the only way honestly that you can do that because then you can start to say well the 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 viewers sent lent forward on this they interacted with this product they then went on to investigate further and by the way these are not just stats i'm reeling off now um there's fairly well-known industry studies now from ipg media amongst others who say that interactivity makes 47% more time spent with video. It increases purchase intent, which has to be one of the most important metrics by nine times. And uh, it's 32% more memorable because people physically interact. There's a tangible cognitive movement. So, you know, these elements make for a, uh, a more outcome-driven use of video. And that's a good conversation to have for the marketing, marketing industry, I think. Absolutely. I mean, anytime you align your business goals, which whatever they may be, brand awareness, demand generation, whatever that is, to the content that you're creating, it it gives you a lot more reasons to produce what the customer audience is looking for. Uh, but the way that I'm, I'm seeing this also is um, it's the type of technology I feel like that will just obliterate the ad. I feel like the, the it's just not going to be necessary, right? Because okay. ultimately you can place um, those type of cues into the actual content. So if you're looking to uh, just put out a straight up advertisement uh, or commercial, you no longer have to do that. You can actually insert your message in your product right into content that the viewer wants to see rather than yeah. interrupting them while they're watching yeah and i would argue by the way that already exists i think when people hear that often their reaction is oh that just sounds like you know forced advertising i don't actually think that's the case if you watch anything um people have a natural interest in what's in the video or in the tv episode you know people have always wondered and um, otherwise we wouldn't have like people going and buying like sneakers that celebrities wear um, people are already naturally interested in those things so connecting those things to the useful part of the technology here and allowing them to interact and find out what it is or how they can explore it further and buy it potentially are all just useful elements um, and by the way i just think as well that this is part of like um, a better way of working for the industry because it's a race to the bottom just to keep making more content we've got to take a pause and say, why are we making this content? Because, you know, even OTTs and everyone else we're talking about is really struggling on these production methods to get this content out. You know, your, your guy here has had to walk upstairs and, and move around with all this camera kit and all this gear. It's expensive, it's, it's annoying and it's, and it's hassle to make content. Um, so, you know, doing more of it doesn't necessarily produce a better outcome. Um, You've got to you've got to like think about what you're doing, and what 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 inside that experience relates back to the the value, to have to do probably just the right amount. <laughs> you don't need to make a hundred videos a day if you're making one video a day that's really successful and engaging. I just literally <laughs> had that conversation. Had that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I think today. Yes. No. Absolutely. So, um, so tell me the one thing that you would like our audience to take away from this episode. I think, uh, I think now's the time with technology to experiment. And um, if you if you're uh, willing to 
put some work in and I say that with purpose um, you can get some amazing business outcomes um, through force I think the industry is starting to look at interactivity through Netflix and other validators in the market um, but why why be forced you know get ahead of everyone by um, by taking a real purposeful uh, take an approach to, to what technology can do for your video content um, and uh, you know there's there's a there's a promised land of, of a lot of rewards for people who are willing to invest right now um, because you know that the race to the bottom of making more video content is 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 where everyone is going most of the the normal brands uh, are going at the moment mm, I agree um, so how can people find you Dan uh, well, uh, on our website is yox.com. Um, we do all the socials and stuff, I'm sure, as well. Uh, I'm not big on the socials myself, personally, but um, I use them for observing. Um, but, uh, yeah, our, our website's the best place. And, of course, uh, I'm contactable myself on, on LinkedIn, which is probably the only social network I do use. Um, uh, so, yeah, and just sign up and, uh, and have, a, have a play. And I think feel free to ask questions. It's a new, it's a new landscape, and I don't think we should be shy of admitting that. Um, I personally have, you know, my co-founder as well, Steve, have 10 years of experience in this particular area and we're very willing to give it. Uh, we're working at sea level right across the media and, uh, uh, and uh, publishing spaces, particularly right now, challenging their, uh, their, their approaches to the way you, they use the medium. And we're very happy to do that because we believe in the education of our experience about what has worked, but more importantly, sometimes what has not worked to make a, a, a better, a better, more successful outcome for everyone. Wise words, and thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks for listening to the Amplified Podcast. Follow us on our social channels and subscribe on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the next episode, stay tuned for more trailblazing insights energy, and culture to help fuel your pursuit in the modern digital era.